2: Monday, February 14th, and this is Season 6, Episode 24 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Tommy. What's up? Uh, Cincinnati, Sam. I'm sorry uh, about your loss. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And, uh, And returning to the podcast, we have Rick. Hello. Well, um... Maybe we should start with that, because uh, there was a Super Bowl, and uh, and you're impacted by it, Sam, so I'll, I'll let you uh, express your pain
0: first before we ex- all express our pain on this episode. Well, it was the sorry end to a very sorry, sorry week, let's put it that way. Um, you know, I was excited for the game, didn't necessarily expect the Bengals to win, but... I felt like it was going to happen through the better part of the game, but then at the very end, well, wheels came off, no offensive line, couldn't, couldn't protect uh, a great quarterback, and here I am back to square one once again. Yeah,
2: Well, uh, it, it was an achievement getting there to that, to that final. I mean, I I think of how, uh, how we felt when we made that Champions League final. Um, it, it, it was... Even though the the match itself was terrible for that game, it was uh, it was still an achievement to get there,
3: uh, uh, Rick. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think Sam, you're being a bit disingenuous. I mean, I mean, you've never won a Super Bowl. You haven't you haven't been to the playoffs in 31 years. You you get to the final. I mean, it should have been just a joyous a joyous thing no matter w- whether you won or not. I mean, I I know not winning is bad, but. But damn, I mean, you got there. You've you've now got a franchise quarterback. You know, you just need to beef up that, that that offensive line, and you'll be a you'll be a great team. I mean, you've got a lot to look forward to with this with, with this Bengals outfit.
0: Yeah, most definitely do. But at the same time, we've got uh uh we've got Mike Brown as our owner. If you thought Levy was bad, you should see look at the the decisions that this guy's made. Well,
1: as a Bears fan, I can empathize with terrible ownership. Um, but uh, no, um, Rick. While I don't disagree with what you said, uh, I think we all thought that after the uh, Champions League final. But we're kind of re- kind of still recovering from the repercussions of that. But yeah. regardless of you know, it's
3: yeah. But but, know, the, but 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 the Bengals are on the way up, whereas we were on the way down. No, I don't disagree. It's
1: I, I, I see some sim- – I think Sam can empathize with my situation because we have the capabilities of of a franchise quarterback, but we also have terrible ownership. So that kind of gives me solace and some false hope that the Bears could turn it around. I just – I would like to think that the Bears could turn around and kind of do what the Bengals did, but – I mean, while I do wish the Bengals luck, and I was rooting for them yesterday, it's – I
3: don't know. Well, because of staying Cronkley, we, we were all rooting for, for Bengals.
1: <laughs> well, I think the Gooners were – or Arsenal fans were too, but for – out of spite. But <laughs> I think a lot of – I think a lot of people were probably in general just because, you know, A, a lot of people probably hate LA, B – Cronkies terrible ownership and whatnot it's just yeah Yeah. or like definitely the area of St. Louis because uh one of our listeners Matt he's from the St. Louis area and he's like he wasn't pleased when they left under acrimonious circumstances too so oh well I mean let it let it stew and then you'll feel better once uh, August hits
2: yeah, well, uh, we we can all see what we're doing here, though. We're, we're completely dodging having to have this conversation about uh, at Spurs, uh, which by, by talking about another loss that was painful for at least some of us to to experience, so we'd rather deal with that pain than the pain of the, this week in Spurs. So, but but I think we have to get into it and start tackling this topic. So, um, I, I think we're gonna break into the conversation by uh uh going right to a question by Suuge. Uh, so Suge asks us a question, uh yep. Tommy.
1: Okay, so he said regarding Southampton Wolves, what the actual fuck? Yeah,
2: um
1: and
2: what what the actual fucking indeed and it's not yeah, a Yeah, it was not question, pretty much to say. But this was uh an ugly week. Like I mean we uh, um we were in a position. We still had all these games in hand. We were coming into um, uh, two home matches, so two home fixtures uh, been, uh, against clubs that are beatable. Like there, there's no guarantees in anywhere, of course, but these were uh, winnable games for sure. Um, and uh, we flubbed both of them, and 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 now we have to start to question whether we. Can be in the top four picture and and if we don't have Champions League, are we going to be able to get Conte the players that that he needs in the summer um, I mean that's kind of the ugly picture that gets painted just looking at the big picture so let's talk about the big picture before we go into the Southampton game um let's uh let's start with uh Sam.
0: Well, I mean, obviously it was really disappointing this week. I mean, it was a, a setback with all the games in hand. I really thought that both these matches for were completely winnable on different for different reasons, um especially um coming off the the win in the f a cup against brighton um I thought we were going to be sharp. I thought you know we had a phone to pick with Southampton we would come out uh, at a different level, especially after the uh, VAR travesty and the and uh, the first match we had with them, and then the uh, then Wolves, I was expecting us to do better against Wolves, just because they wouldn't have uh, Treari running up and down against us like he always does. But again, it's just we were flat. That's all I can say. We were flat. There was like a lack of energy, um, um, in particular the Wolves game that. It's just like you know. I kind of felt like we were just running. Guys were just running out there, just just like me going to the gym, just trying to get a jog in, like running without much purpose.
1: Yeah, uh, Tommy. Yeah, I'm just. I'm at i I'm not. I'm not at a loss for words. Actually, it, I'm just dumbfounded by how we work. We just looked like absolute shit. So, like, I mean, we'll talk more, but I'll just say the general thoughts. Southampton, for Southampton, yeah. they were just bombarding us for the few, first, like, 15, 10, 15 minutes. And I'm like, okay, I'm hoping they'll tail off, which they did. But then after that, we were just like, I mean, we looked okay at times, and then we just fell off the cliff after that. So, I mean... Overall, with Southampton, they were like, I think they were really organized. They played very well. So, I mean, even though we had the lead twice and we kind of choked that, I mean, hats off to them for being so resilient. Wolves, we just looked like absolute shit. And I'll talk more about this, but I'm like, I felt like there were some people that were showing a lack of effort. And I was like, and all four of us, we were at the bar and you heard me yelling yesterday and I'm just like, I don't know. It was just, it's sickening me. Um, nobody played well. And it's just, I mean, like, and everybody knows I'm a Sweden fan and I wanted to be- or defend Kulishevsky. I'm like, he wasn't bad. He wasn't great, of course. But I'm like, I don't know. It, I'm, and I told Rick this yesterday. The biggest thing is, like, he said it, I've said it, this is a year of transition. Unfortunately, the ebbs and flows that come with that, it's just, it will get frustrating. Um, For me, I want to see, because it's a year of transition, I want to see incremental improvement, which I have not seen. Just, I, it didn't help that we got Conte, or Nuno coming in and Conte, so that transition didn't help either, even though we've shown improvement. But um and we got in our two new signings, whether it be on loan or permanent, they played yesterday and neither of them look like world beaters. But again, we all talk more about that when we talk about wolves. But like Forrest Gump said, that's all I gotta say about that for right now.
2: Uh Rick, uh, uh how are your you feeling after this week? Do you have a rant for us?
3: <laughs> well, I kind of agree with you guys and I kind of don't. Okay. Um, with, with Southampton, um, we, we you know we had some defensive problems that made them, you know, that lost us the game. Same with Wolves. Um, in Southampton, we played much worse than we did against Wolves. Um, Tommy, I think you're being a, a bit unfair. Um, you're talking about two new signings that are coming to England uh, they start. They started their first game, and you expect them to be world beaters? No, 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 no. No,
1: I, I never said I expect them. I said they
3: weren't world beaters. I, well, that's implying that you were thinking that they. Well, that's they should your be.
1: That, that's your opinion, but I never explicitly said that. No, but, but regardless,
3: you're you're implying that they should have been better. Um, I, I mean, it's their first game, both of them starting. I mean, it's 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 wrong to think that they're immediately going to hit the ground running and. And 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 be brilliant. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. When we bought Son, he was lightening up in the Bundesliga. We bought him, and it took him a year before he he, he he did anything productive. You know, and he's a good player, and he came as a good player, but it still took him a long time to readjust. So I I, I can't expect Bendik, especially I, I I can't even say his name. How do you say his name?
1: Kuliszewski,
3: Kuliszewski. yeah i can't I, especially him I can't expect him because he doesn't he doesn't have uh, electric pace or or even decent pace, so it's going to take him a long time to adjust to being closed down quickly and be able to move quickly and make passes quickly. you know he's going to have to adjust to that um so i I, I don't expect them to to do anything probably this season. Um, They're going to be okay. I mean, I'm I'm expecting a a big improvement next season. Um, Both of these games, we could have easily won if we didn't have the defensive problems that we have. Um, Now, you've all seen the the meme that's going around about, you know, when skip Dyer and Holberg plays, we don't let in goals. yeah, that could mean something, but maybe that could mean nothing. I don't know. I, I think it what it what it actually means is that the combination of defenders that we have without Dyer doesn't work. Okay, now it's not because they're not good players. I'll get to ramiro in a minute, but it's not because they're good players. But it's the combination of the players that doesn't work. Um, it was. Um, it was um, Andrew Andrew Duvon, um one of our long time um, members who pointed out that when Romero plays um, without Dyer um, Romero is a very active centre back and he'll push out and try and win the ball if he doesn't win the ball then there's a huge gap in, the, in behind him and that leaves Sanchez and Davis to fill in that gap, and they're not that adequate at doing that. So when Dyer's is not there, and you play Romero, that's the combination that doesn't work. Um, so I'll let someone else have a go, but I, I want to get to Romero in a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, and we can talk about Romero when we get to the games, and I think this is probably a good time to Trent transition into the Southampton game so we'll start with that one and you know this was a match where it, it looked like uh, you know we we might be able to uh, pull through on this uh um you know we had the 18th minute own goal of course we gave them one back in the 20, uh, um in the 23rd um and then you know son had his uh his goal in the 70th minute and it was looking like Okay, we just gotta hold our lead, and clear, we we got into a defensive shape, and uh, and it, it all kind of fell apart. And uh, we know we know that they had uh, two goals in quick succession in in the 80th and 80th uh, 82nd minute. So let's let's tackle the Southampton uh, match. Like how how did it go? We weren't playing well, but um, it went. We went from a winning position to a a not Not just a draw position, but a losing position at, at the tail end of this match so so uh who wants to tackle it first Tim?
0: um, I just want to say, yeah, like you know, obviously, Southampton came out with a different energy they were pressing um, um they were passing it a little a lot more effectively than we were, i mean obviously um. I look at, you know, both the goals, you know, um, one was an own goal. The other one um, was good by son. But – and quite frankly, they were just a lot more organized than us, especially on the defensive end. A couple of bad mistakes. I'm not going to mention the player right now. But, yeah, it was, you know – that one was a tough one to take because that was one, you know, on paper we sh- surely should have won. Um, but quite frankly, it just didn't happen, you know. This is this is a weird game. I got to say, it's got to be... It's weird at times.
3: Uh, Rick? Well, I, I want to give you a little anecdote, um, if you don't mind. Um, in 1996... Um, Southampton were managed by Graham Souness, and they signed a player called Di. Okay. Um, by word of mouth, he didn't see the, get the player play or anything like that. He just um, he he got, he got contacted by someone and said, "This is a good player. You should sign him." So he signed him. That player um, was um, brought on as a substitute in a game. I, I don't know which game it was, but he was brought on as a substitute. He played 13 minutes before he was then substituted. And it was blatantly obvious to everyone present that he never played football in his life. Um he just couldn't play football at all, so that's why he was brought on and then subbed. Romero actually played worse than him in the game against Southampton. <laughs> um I don't know what Romero was doing in that game. Um it 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 was bizarre to me how bad he was. Um, he basically cost us the game, um, and that's probably the reason why he wasn't playing in, in, uh, against um, um, walks um, It 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 just shows
2: a real. I, did you mean to Emerson or do you mean uh, Royal? Yeah, Royal. Or, 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 oh, Royal. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I, say, I thought you were saying Ramiro.
3: I was but, like, uh, no, royal. Um, yeah. yeah, he 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 just doesn't seem to have. It, it, we got fullbacks. Back, full in general need to have a little bit of pace, but what they also need to do is have to have. They have to have um, starting pace. You know that five yard, that five yard instant pace. Whether I have like. Um, speed after that is you know you know that's a bonus but they need to be able to you know get off the mark really quickly and and romero uh sorry uh royal really doesn't have that he's like um it's like a racehorse it takes him a long time to get up to speed you know um and, and that's just really detrimental because it means it means uh, tricky wingers or fast wingers to get round him very easily um it must have been um a joyous moment for for Barcelona when we signed it for twenty million. They must have thought we were complete fools, honestly. Um and I think that's one reason why he team is no longer our, you know, director of football, because some of the players he signed have just been awful. I mean, even even if you don't go for your number one targets, you you get player with You get players, you can buy players with basic abilities, just basic. You know, you could go down to the lower leagues and find 20 or 30 full-backs that are better than Royal, easily. Um, So it's it's not just how much money you spend or who you, you know, it's who you spend it on, you know, and and we really have been failing with that. Let's time Tommy tackle this. Yeah, we've been fighting it for that for for, for yeah. not too
1: long. Yeah, that's kind of been an issue. Because, like, even Pochettino, when he had control of the transfers, like, a lot of his signings were terrible. Like, I had high hopes for Stambouli, but, like, he never played him. He left after the first season. Dyer, as far as I know, Dyer's, like, the only one that really panned out. Sutton, he didn't sign. I think it was more Hitchin or – I forget who was the other – or we actually had a director of football, for example. Um, but it's like, I always sing praises of veterans for Luka. I'd rather have him right now, even though he was slow as hell, because at least he was positionally sound and can have, he can get across it. Like, I really want Emerson Royal to do well, but it's just like, the other thing that makes me wonder right now, since Rick brought this up, is like, what happened with uh, Tomiyasu? Because we were rumored to be in talks with him, and then, you know, he went to... Uh, those people that we hate. So, and uh, from what I heard, he's been doing well down there. So it like, what happened with that? I mean, I know with Pratichy, like he's never going to be a hundred percent based off of all the signing he's, he's get, but like, I would say whoever we get or I, whoever the director of football is, whether we now in the future, 10 years around, whatever it's strike gold more often than not. Like if you have like a sixty six percent strike rate of success, I'd I'd rather gladly take that. It's just, I mean, the thing with him though, like I'm just I'm just so dumbfounded. Like and Rick, you were mentioning even the midfield, so like if that was faltering, like you know the back line, including the full wing backs, like they're the last line of defense, literally and figuratively aside from Hugo. So it's just like it was just a perfect storm when it came to just looking like. Shit, I, I don't know. It's just well, it's hard to put put to words, I guess.
2: Well, and and Royal was certainly terrible, um, but I think he might be a, a victim of some of um, what we're seeing way too much of. Like we've just had way too much coaching change and style change over the last uh, three three to four years. That like we're buying. Um, we're buying Royal for a Nuno system, and and now he's under Conte, and uh, Conte uses wingbacks, and he's useless for us there, but we don't have anybody else to work with. Clearly, we tried to fix that and get somebody t- to work with, but it, it didn't happen. Um, I mean, I think we saw this. If we're going to be completely fair to players like Lasalso and Ndombele, I think some of that, too. They were bought for a Pochettino system and. Um, and they just never worked with all the constant coaching changes. And, and, um, and, and we did have a question from Shubes that kind of goes to that with like the had a pretty good performance. I mean, obviously we, the verdict's out, but he had a pretty good performance in Spain. Um, some of that is like, well, yeah, maybe he's just in a better system for him. Uh, and, and and we've just been changing ours so much that we just don't have the right players for it. to be fair to Emerson, like I think he probably could be a decent fullback if he doesn't have to get upfield and get back. Like I think he doesn't know how to get himself in position after he's been uh, uh, pressed all the way forward. Like if he's if he's sitting back conservatively as a uh, fullback, he's probably sufficient. But uh, I just want to be a little bit fair to him, as terrible as he was, uh, Sam.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's one thing too. Like, um, one, you know, he's not clearly a fit for the Conte system. And, you know, one other player that's kind of, you know, been getting a lot of backlash lately, um, from bands is Hoybear. You know, this guy was bought for Jose system. Um, and actually was pretty fair player in Jose system. I thought, you know, had a good year last year, um, was a, um, Anybody who watched Euro 2020 saw him play for Denmark. He was, uh, he was uh, on the team of the tournament, basically. And you know he's had a rough go of it this season. I want to say part of that is the coaching change too. You know maybe he's, I mean I kind of think he's still a player with value, but you know I, I mean I I, I just don't see him working in Conte system very much either.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think we've got a real problem with like what our squad is, and obviously we got to work that out. But um, the, the, it really has a lot of the blame for what's failing here. That and Eric Dyer not being available. But uh, uh, Rick, you looked like you wanted to tackle that.
3: Yeah, um, it, it it doesn't seem to be so much as a uh, a coaching problem or who the manager is or the system is or whatever it is. We just don't seem to be able to do the basics, right? I mean, you know, just passing from here to here, I mean, with authority. We just don't seem to be able to do that. And then when we get into 50-50 tackles, we don't win them. Um, you, you know, we can't handle pressing. Any, any team that presses us will have joy against us. Um, and that is, that is uh, when you look at the two teams we faced this week, That's the one thing that they do, is they press, both of them. Um, So we were always going to struggle with with these two teams, Um, basically because we don't have quality midfield players. um, And because of the system we play, because we don't have decent defenders, we're playing, you know, uh, wingbacks with three centre-backs. Which means we have to lose a uh, which we which means we have to lose a central midfielder now in the, it, i want to just switch to the wolves game slightly um because you you were defending royal saying you know he does, he might play better in a back four but we switched to a back four in that game um when when we took off Sessignon, we switched to a back four and we switched to a back four and then we let in two goals because because royal doesn't mark his man on the headers. Both times, um, but when you look at when you look at the game as, as a whole, if you, if you remove if you remove the defensive problems that we had that we had in that game against Wolves, we actually played pretty well. We had more possession, we had more shots, we had more shots on target, we had more corners. You know, this, this hasn't happened for a long time against anybody. Um, against Wolves, it could have been because we were two 0 down. But we, you know, we actually played not badly, and we only lost the game because of because of defensive errors against South uh, against Southampton. We were awful. I mean, the whole game—you couldn't name one player that had a good game. Um, and that seems to be a malaise with, with the squad in general. But you can't name one single player that's playing up to his ability, really um you know not one you know son has been off for a while kane has been in and out uh with the, with his form um the midfield has been diabolical and the defenders have been diabolical uh this is a, this is a malaise that's going on throughout the whole team so you know to, to blame one or two players for defensive mistakes yeah you can but you know it's more there's a, there's a bigger problem that's going on, and um, and I don't know how to, um I don't know how it's going to be resolved.
2: Uh, it might not be resolved this season for sure. Is is kind of the side part about it. I think that we're seeing at this stage. Uh, I think this might be a good place to because we've already kind of transitioned into the Wolves. Some let's let's do MVP LVP on Southampton, and then we'll continue kind of the conversation about Wolves. Um, uh, is any who has an m v p for this one i mean we had to we had a couple goals uh let's start with tommy
1: yeah my m v p is hugo Lloris. um and you're gonna ask why he let in three goals they were all not his faults or i mean his last line of defense but they were not it, he wasn't in or it wasn't because of that so but the other thing is he had like four good saves like that could have easily been goals so because of that, the goal, uh, the scoreline could have been, what, 7-2 in theory if it wasn't for Hugo. If it was me and there, it probably would have been by far. So I'm going to have to give it to him because he at least kept it. I mean, we had the lead, but even so, like, in the first, what, 20 minutes, he had two good saves. He definitely kept it in for us. So going with him.
2: Well, yeah and I mean th- they had twenty three shots and ten of them were on target, so he did have to make a lot of saves there um uh to 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 keep the score that low so good
0: good shot there uh Sam uh I'm gonna go with son um he had one goal, um which was a pretty solid goal and um I know the other goal was an own goal, but I kind of felt like if he wasn't running. Uh, at that ball, the defender would not have made the mistake. He kind of heard footsteps um if he was if he didn't know that Sun was coming, he probably would have let Forrester collect that ball, and it would not have been a goal. It would have been three one um at the end so yeah good
2: good shout there for son and I agree with uh what I believe Rick was saying that son's been off uh off. A, a while, and I don't think he's been performing well. But he did uh, create the two goals that we had, uh, or was a contributor to them. So that is a good shout for MVP. Uh, I'll make him mine as well uh, to save some time.
3: Uh, Rick, uh, who do you have? Yeah, I'll go with Son as well. Um, even though he, like I said before, he's he's not been playing anywhere near to his, his great form. Um, in that game, he did he did actually perform. Pretty well. Um, uh, he was the very best of a very bad bunch. Yeah. Well,
2: and we're going to do LVP. I think we're all going to have the same person. So I'm going to say, like, make your other dishonorable mention, assuming that everybody has uh, Royal for LVP. And obviously he, he was the cause of the, um, the uh, two of the goals, at least. Um, so it's tough not to make it him. Um He's my LVP, but let's. Who do you guys have a, as dishonorable mention?
1: Oh, he's mine as well.
2: Yeah, he's yours as well, Tommy. Do you have anybody else to to call out for? I whole- mean,
1: honorable mention. I, I don't think Winks played that re- well. Uh, I think he was probably the cause of the midfield midfield's woes. I know Rick shits on him. I don't know if he'll agree, but I'll let him say his, him or Sam say, say their piece in that aspect, but yeah emerson royal um unfortunately, the fact that you let two goals or you are responsible for those for two goals, unfortunately, I have to give it to you
2: yeah um uh sam
0: yeah um so obviously royal is my l v p but like i agree with tommy winks, like Rick mentioned before, like teams that press us, you know we we shit the bet against teams that press us. Main reason being is we've got Winks in the center of the park. He just can't handle the press to save his goddamn life, period.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. I wasn't happy with Winks here. Uh, Rick?
3: Uh, yeah, Royal um, is definitely um, the LVP, and Winks is not very far behind him. Um, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. Winks should never start for us again, ever. Um, he is just not Premiership quality. He just isn't. And um, you know, people will keep you know people people will keep pointing out, oh yeah, but he made this good pass or he made the you know he made that good tackle. Yeah, it's two things out of minus twenty. You know, it's it, you've got to look at the bigger picture, and Winx just doesn't. For me, Sam, you want to jump in there?
0: Yeah, I just think you know the the way that you know how few and far between Winks's good moments are. It makes that game we played in the Champions League against in 2017 against Real Madrid just seem like ten years ago. Like you know, and really, it was only 2017. Like, yeah, it's just. I mean. It's just that far off, and complete. It just shows how far we've come down.
1: Uh, Tommy, you want to jump in there too? Yeah, this will be just kind of quick. Like, I mean, I know everybody wants Wings to do well, but like, kind of what Sam said about that—it's the fact that people are rotting off of that one great performance or the other few great performances that he's had that were years ago. I'm like, you can't. I mean, you can't write off your reputation on that alone, especially if you're an up... He's about... He should be in his prime, the start of his prime right now. And we haven't seen any consistency, even though he's been starting games and uh, whatnot. But it's... You know, so, I mean, unfortunately... Like, the only benefit he has right now is that he's a homegrown player in in England. But, like, that... I'm like, how long is that... I mean that might fetch some money, but other than that, like in terms of being on the squad at Spurs, how far is that gonna get you? And we know with Conte, he if he had free reign, you know, he'd prop like he'd sign whoever and then cut the cord with him, I would assume. I mean, I don't I think in terms of squad depth, yeah, he he would be good for the squad, but I'm like how Rick said, starting if he wants to start it and the fact that we signed Conte, we do have some aspirations. We're not going to get there with him, unfortunately. Um, and we've seen him for what, what six seasons? Like he should have made it to that next level in terms of quality of play, and unfortunately, he's still been way too inconsistent.
2: Yeah, and I think you wanted to jump in there too before I give my uh, my LVP.
3: Yeah, I was just going to. I was just going to agree with Tommy. You know, the moment we sign decent central midfielders, Winx is not playing it's as simple as that yeah well um
2: i um i obviously royals my lvp but um my dishonorable mention is more um i, I actually think hoybier was worse than winks in this one and not that i think winks was good and uh, just hoybier looks lost out there he has no idea what to do in this kind system and i uh, he just looked, pitifully overmatched by a Southampton that's all right, but not that good. Um, and yeah, I think he was worse than winks to be honest, but, um, I, I fully supported him coming off. Um, but th- there was just so many bad performances. It's tough to, to even, uh, compare them all at this point. Um, well, I think we should move the conversation along into this wolves match. We already started talking about it. Some, um, uh, but let's go to a question that we have from Big Mike. Uh, so Big Mike asks us uh, um, uh, actually about a player I was just talking about. So uh, uh, if you take it away, t- uh, Tommy, you sure. know what I'm talking about.
1: Yep. Uh, so much blame was put on Hoyberg and Emerson after the Southampton loss. Fast forward to Sunday. Both didn't play. Um, I mean, they had brief cameos, but we effectively look worse. Do fans know what they are doing? Um I mean, me personally, I'm not so sure. And I'll just I'll be quick with my piece. Emerson, I mean, like I said, I want him to do well, but with the way Conte wants us to play, it's not looking so pretty right now. Um, In terms of Ployberg, I think he's kind of getting lost in his shuffle just because of the system Um, Conte wants us to play. I still think he has a lot to offer. We just got to find the right way to uh, channel that and also, um, like in terms of tasks and whatnot, like we got to see what he should do compared to his other central midfield pairing, whether it be Skip Winks, et cetera.
0: Yeah, uh, Sam, I just want to put it out there. Yeah, like Horbert didn't really start; he didn't start the Wolves game, but still, Wolf, uh, Winks was out there both matches, and you know what. Midfield pairing works well with Harry Winks in it right now. Neither really. I mean, I mean, obviously we've got Skip out. He's he's been effective um, as a, a holding midfielder. Um, Benton Kerr. He showed like he like flashes. He could help us. It's still like a very very small sample size with him. Um, I'm willing to see a little bit more at this point, just because I want something different. Uh, but yeah, like. You know, Hoybear was kind of like the. I I don't want to use scapegoats. He wasn't great, but still, Winks was out there both times, and like that's the one consistency I see like with how our midfield played in both games. Like Winks was out there, not yeah. not Heubert the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I can see that,
2: uh, uh, Rick.
3: Um, I I just want to point something out which I really hate. Um that in in this age of social media and you know instant reactions and instant and instant opinions um players now um really have to perform every single game very well or they'll get slated now i heard a rumor i don't know i don't know whether it's true that holberg is playing with an injury um So that could be contributing to his um, um, lackluster performances, let's say. Um, So what you've got got to look at when when you're evaluating players is how good have they been over a period of time? Not did they just have one bad game or two bad games or whatever. Uh, I mean, Holberg has been great for us and he's having a bit of a dip now for whatever reason. But he's a decent player. Winx has never reached the level of Holberg, ever. When Holberg has played well, Winx has never been at that that, that level. Um, And he's 25 now. So he should be. Uh, You know, if you're an England midfielder, you know, that's been picked for England, and you're 25 years old, and you're playing in, in a top six, I'm doing air quotes, but you're playing in a top six team. You should be he should be better than he is. he's not playing with an injury every time he plays. we don't have the majority of possession and uh, and and we get stifled because he can't handle pressure um Royal on the other hand um has never shown any kind of form for us now it's been a while it's been what six months at least. Um, he's never shown that he can play the wing-back role. And, and, you know, know, you've got to evaluate, like I say, you've got to evaluate players over a period of time. You know, nobody's getting on the back of Son, even though he's been playing terribly, because we've seen him play very well up until very recently. You know, no one's getting on the back of Kane, even though, you know, he's not anywhere near his great scoring form of the past seven years. Um, you, you know what I mean? So I, I'm very reluctant to, to call out players on the back of one game or two games. You know, it's, 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 you know that's why I'm so hard on Winks because he, he's never shown uh, great form um, apart from the one Real Madrid game, which I don't even remember. Um so, um, but again, you know, I, I think Mike said we actually played worse against Wolves than we did against Southampton, and I highly disagree. We played much better against Wolves than we did against Southampton. Southampton was the worst game I've, I've seen us play in a long time. Um, Wolves, on the other hand, you know, they got a couple of goals up, but we were dominating most of the play after that. Uh, and then they got a couple of breakaway chances, but that was about all. Um You know, if our Strikers had their scoring boots on, we we would have won that game. Um, We had plenty of chances to score and we just couldn't. Um, And and, and I mentioned something the other day um, to someone at the bar. Um, When when you look at the good teams, you know, the Man City's, the Chelsea's, the Liverpool's, when they don't play well, they can still rely on their defensive um, abilities. To keep them into game, keep them in games. You know, even if it, you know, you know, Chelsea have got Lukaku who doesn't score. You know, um, but but they have they have a solid base to work with. So even if they're not playing particularly well, you know, the game might be one nil or 0-0 or whatever, and they, and they'll stay in the game. We just don't have that. We don't have a solid defensive base. Now the reason for this is is because we play for, we play three at the back and play wing backs and then that means we can only play two central midfielders now again I keep comparing us to the good teams but the good teams like Liverpool and Man City they don't play three at the back they play two at the back and they still play wing backs you know so they've only got two defend two central defenders and the reason why it works for them is because they have central midfielders that keep possession so they're never under sustained pressure you know the, the way the way Man City the way Kings beat Man City um, is if is if they they pressure them high so they uh, and they can get breakaway goals they can you play you play Man City by hitting them on the break because you can you can you can outnumber their defenders if you hit them on the break quickly and that's the way Kings beat Man City and, and that's the way Kings beat Chelsea um, but more often than not because because they're maintaining possession in midfield you don't get those opportunities to score very much. And because they're maintaining possession, um, they get lots of opportunities to score. So, you know, I I really don't like us playing through at the back. And the reason we do is because we don't have decent centre-backs and we don't have decent full-backs. And that needs to be resolved.
1: Uh,
2: uh, Tommy, you want to respond to that?
1: Yeah, so I don't disagree because the other thing is, like Conte plays in his preferred three-five-two system, I guess, or at least three center backs. I but like I saw a statistic a while ago when he was when Conte was managing Chelsea. Uh, an overwhelming majority of the matches that he played, or that was played, the lineup was four at the back, which I and like how Rick said, I I think it's because we're It's kind of a Band-Aid. I would say, in theory, and I use it very seriously in theory, if Conte got his wish and he was able to ship out all the players he wanted and sign all of the holes that needed to be plugged, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually did play with a 4-2-3-1 again, which is now kind of the universal formation like 4-4-2 was years ago. So, like I... You know, it... It's just, I think, like I said before, and Rick said it before, this is a season transition, and I mean, I've said it before where, like, the fact that we didn't sign anybody for three straight transfer windows, and I'm like, everybody's like, oh, a lot of people are like, oh, this is great. We don't need to reintegrate or integrate anybody. We can can come off the bus running. I'm like, yeah, this might be good for a short-term game, but long-term, we're getting fucked, and now you're seeing the repercussions of that. So like whether you want to blame Pagetino, Levy, etc., I'm like, I mean the blame is every the blame is everywhere for not like for whether it be director of football Levy, etc. or Pagetino being like, look we need turnover, we need to keep a fresh squad, no position safe. Um, we like or even those years we finished second and third, there was always improvements. We couldn't ride out assuming these players would take the next step, and clearly a lot of them haven't. So the fact that – and the the other thing that isn't surprising now in hindsight, and I'm thinking of it right now, the fact that Conte only has a year-and-a-half contract and the following two years are options, he has a get out of jail for free card because if he doesn't get his way or if he doesn't see incremental improvement, he's getting the fuck out of Dodge. Do I blame him? No. I'm stuck with Spurs for life because I've been a fan of them for – 20 years in a few months, so like we're all stuck with them. He's not, so whatever. Play- all I'm saying is, Pradchi will have players that he wants. Conte will have players they wants. It's me up to Levy to buck up or shut up. It sounds know. like
2: you're in the back Conte movement. <laughs> um, oh no,
1: I'm, I'm clearly backing <laughs> Conte on this. No. I, it's just. It's like you can get the like if I if we had a CEO for the podcast and we expanded, we could hire Bill Gates all we want. But if we don't give him the tools to succeed, he ain't doing dick. He can't he can't sell. He can't market. He can't do all the coding. He can't do all this stuff on his own. There's only so many hours in a day, and there's so much manpower. So I'm it's just. I don't know. Like I've been a Levy defender for many years, and I still am to a certain degree. But I'm like, we're gonna walk the walk with content, getting the best free agent manager. You got to step up. Well, I,
2: my and my thing is like, I thought if we had just gotten enough pieces, and maybe we have, but these two matches it certainly don't look like we are going to be able to compete for those that top four at this point, and that. Top four is oh. a really big part of getting Conte those pieces that he needs in the summer window because if if we have Champions League we're going to ha- be able to draw better players and yeah. if, if not then we're,
1: we're like are we going to be able to keep them that's that that is the fear. Well, see, Anthony, that's kind of the other thing. We do still have a lot of pieces in place. Hugo's still a great shot stopper distribution not so great but we already knew that. We got Romero. Dyer's still riding high with Conte. Um, Benkor, we got. You know he's, he's even though I didn't think he played that great yesterday, I I still think he has a lot to offer. Um, it's shown that because he was a consistent player with Uruguay and Juventus. We still have Harry Kane, um, Son still hot and cold, Lewicki. I think we all know that he was a project, so let's see how he can develop, and if Conte can. So we still have some pr- pieces. We just need to fill the rest out of the fill the rest of the puzzle. It's kind of like with Pochettino. When ABB with the the uh the Gareth Bale seven, we had a lot of pieces in place. We had we had Erickson, we had Chadley, we had you know who I, I can't even think of some of the other players, but we you
2: Terakesh know and uh well, and,
1: nah, he wasn't part of the pieces, he was was pretty much shit for
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> but like we had a lot of players in the <laughs> place. Lucid and Bailey. Oh yeah, Lucid and because he and then um we had Kyle Walker, we had Danny Rhodes at the time who was still running high. Uh, You know a young and up and coming Harry Keen as well. So, I mean, we didn't win anything aside from an Audi Cup, but Ajutino made us dream, made these dreams a little more worthwhile. So, can Conte do that and take that next step? I'm a little skeptical, and I don't. It's he needs to be properly backed, and. I mentioned this in one of the episodes in January. In theory, we had four hundred million pounds to spend. Of course, we weren't going to spend it all in January, but because of Bencor and then we have Sar uh, Romero to to pay those fees in the summer. We still have plenty of money left to spend. And how Rick said we use if we spend this money properly, things could be good, but that remains to be seen.
2: Uh, Rick,
3: uh, uh, Rick, and then let's go to MVP, LVP. Well, I, yeah, I I just want to point out some some stuff. Um, it's not how much you spend; it's who you spend it on. We we bought Dembele for sixteen million. We bought um, Vatongan for eleven million. We bought Aldevar uh, for fourteen million. I mean,
1: Ericsson for twelve.
3: We got Ericsson for twelve. I mean, it's not it's not how much you spend. It's who you spend it on. Um, I'll give you another perfect example. Ndombele. We spent more on Ndombele than Man City have played for most of their players. You know, um, you know, they they rarely spend more than 50 million on a single player. Rarely. I mean, you know, Greenish, the goalkeeper and, and maybe one of the centre-backs. But that's about all. Their whole midfield. You know, it, it, it's all under fifty million, all, all of them. So it's not it's not how much you spend.
2: Well, they spend on the wages, though.
3: I mean, uh, the, the, there is a well that, a that, there. that that's that that's to attract the players, but we have we have the lowest wage bill of any top of any of the top six teams, and it's probably even lower now that we've got even you know we've got rid of Lascelleso and 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 Domblé. But you know, because fans keep complaining that Levy's not spending money, but he has. You know, the three, the four players that w- w- that went out cost over a hundred million. The four players we we, we sent out on loan. Um, so it's not how much you spend, but I, I, I'll caveat that slightly. But it's it's not how much you spend on individual players. It's how much you spend commu- accumulatively. What I want us to do. Is buy ten players and spend one hundred and fifty million. That's what I want, because we need to re re rehaul this whole squad, and we need to you know go to the lower leagues and, and find a Robertson. Uh, you know we need to go to the lower leagues and, and find someone better than Winks. We need to go to Ajax and, and buy their best player, which will probably cost twenty million. Do, do you know what I mean? You know you don't you don't need to go and buy the Frank Kessies of the world. Who is going to cost sixty five million? You know, we're not in. A, you know, Man City can do that because they can waste sixty five million and put him on the bench. And if he doesn't work out, they sell him. We can't do that.
2: But that isn't how Conte operates, is the
0: thing, though. And I'll go to Sam next here. It's uh, kind of building off what Rick was saying. Like, you know, I've been I've been following the Sporting Spurs since twenty ten, and I've kind of mentioned this a couple times at the pub. Um, that I think you know, my, our best window of me being a Spurs fan transfer window was by far summer 2012. Yeah, we lost Modric and uh, Raphael van der Vaart during that window, but look who we brought in. We brought in Musa Dembélé um, to replace Modric, fantastic player. Um, also, we brought in Jan Vertonghen. Hugo Lloris. We brought in Clint Dempsey. That only lasted a year, but he was he was good for that year. So yeah, like what Rick was saying, we've got to uh, basically, you know, really spend effectively and efficiently. Just not spend for the the sake of spending.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's uh, do a speed round of MVP, LVP on, on this Wolves game. I mean, I think it's a we have like a bigger we we're having a bigger picture conversation than this specific game uh but uh let's start with mvp and we'll do this fast uh uh Tommy who do you got
1: i have absolutely no one uh, no one deserved it and no one earned it unfortunately
2: yeah they, i i can agree with that i'm i'm with you Tommy uh, does anybody have somebody for mvp uh rick
3: yeah, I actually disagree with Tommy. I actually think uh Ben Decor had a had a decent game. Um he was playing alongside Wink, so that's a, that's a detriment to you know, who he who he's playing with. But I actually think he had a decent game. And remember, like I said earlier, um this is the first game in a long time that we've dominated possession. We have more possession than the opposition. And you know, it can't be dismissed that um the first time we do that is when we have a, a brand new midfielder playing. So I would have Ben as my MVP.
2: Okay. Uh Sam?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of – I mean, no one really stuck out. Yeah, it, it was exciting to see Ben Court. Uh It was nice to see him kind of doing well. He was kind of, you know – I hate to put that. He was kind of like a, a diamond, kind of sticking out a pile of shit. Sorry for the bad um, analogy there, but uh, yeah, he, he was fine. But I really can't pick anybody. Um, okay. So yeah, okay. I'll, go. Uh,
2: I'll, I'll do uh, LVP first, and I'm I'm just gonna say it's Hugo. I, I I mean I think Hugo had a a terrible match. Like I mean he. Instead of catching the ball, he was uh, punching it. He wasn't getting it away. And, yes, his defense in front of him was terrible. And they're certainly to blame, too. But I just think yeah, Hugo could have done better, so he's my LVP. Uh, let's go to Tommy.
1: I don't disagree, but I'm still sticking with uh, what I had, which was Harry wings. I a lot of the causes that he had did lead to scoring chances for Wolves. So, there we go.
3: Yeah. Uh, Rick? Um, well, that's not unusual for Winks. Um, yeah, Louise probably MVP with a with an honorable mention of Sanchez. Uh,
0: and then uh, Sam, uh, you know, unfortunately, got to give it to Hugo. He was the uh, his errors led kind of led to both goals, but uh, honorable mention to Winks. Just nothing going in the central midfield. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well. Um... I'm glad this week was over, but um, uh, the second half, we are going to have to talk about the next upcoming match, which is uh, Manchester City away. Uh, But before we do that, we are going to go to halftime, and we are going to go to uh, Tommy's week in Spurs history.
1: Thanks, Anthony. Um, As you all know, my name is Tommy, and this is your week in Spurs history. February 13th of 1901 was the replay of the first Round FA Cup tie versus Preston North End. Spurs won 4-2. Uh, John Cameron scored Spurs' first goal. And Sandy Brown comp- completed the win with a hat-trick. On February fourth or fifteenth, 2010, Spurs defeated AC Milan 1-0 in the first leg of the Champions League. Round of 16, a uh, lone goal was scored by Peter Crouch. Uh, the match was also notable as veteran Shorluka was roughly followed by Matthew Flamini. And was sidelined indefinitely at the end of the match. AC Milan captain Gennaro Cutuso. You might know he was rumored to become Spurs coach this past summer. Which thankfully never happened. Um, he had a little bit of a scuffle with at the time Spurs' assistant manager Joe Jordan. So that was a fun time. Uh, next up, on February 16th, 1999, Spurs defeated Wimbledon. 1-0 in the second leg of the then Worthing Cup, Worthington Cup semifinal. Uh, the lone goal was scored by Stefan Eberson, and the goal uh, or the win advanced Spurs to the final against Leicester City, which they won. Lastly, on February 17th of 1962, Spurs defeated West Bromwich Albion by 4-2 in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Two goals were scored each by Bobby Smith and Jimmy Greaves. I'm Tommy, and this is your week in Spurs history. Well, thanks Tommy. I love to have that
2: segment back and I know our fans love it too. So thanks so much for doing that. Um, before we preview this man city match, I want to tackle one last uh, question. Uh, just spend uh, maybe three to five minutes on this. Um, but big Mike asks us a second question, which I think, uh, after everything that we've talked about, maybe this is a good thing to tackle. Uh, so, uh, you have that question queued up Tommy.
1: Yes, I certainly do. Um, can you four agree on a best starting 11? Maybe.
2: I don't know. I think we might all, not all be that far off at this point, but, um, geez, I mean, it's got to have Dyer in it. It's got to have, uh, uh, Ramiro. Um, I think it's probably Regulon over, um, uh, Sessegnon. Um, I, I hate to say it. I think it's probably Ben Davis at this point, uh, but uh, like he has had some good performances. Um, I don't know if I can say it's Royal anymore, um, but I don't know who that other piece is going to be. Like I, I think we got to try and reposition somebody there for the time being. Uh, that's more of an attacking player, but has something on defense. I'd love to see Lucas in that role, but I, I don't think that will happen. Um, Um, I think up top, I think Lucas is probably, realistically, Lucas is probably in the front three, um, with, uh, uh, Kane and son, of course. Um, I think Bentacore is going to have to be in that. And I think it's got to be Oliver skip when he's back healthy. I think Bentacor and skip might, uh, be able to work together, a good partnership there, but I still think we need somebody who's a bit more creative, um, uh,
1: other than that, like I, what do you guys think, Tommy? Yeah, I, I definitely don't disagree with you right now. That uh, Hoiberg hasn't been playing well. And, uh, Rick said that there's rumors that he was injured. Um, I don't know how healthy he is right now, but he did do an interview with Spurs TV. Uh, I don't know, at least one or two months ago, maybe three. He did say he was playing at 50 percent this, around 50 percent this whole season. Um, so if he can actually recover and have a little time off on like last year with the Euros, he might be the de facto starter again, um, with skip. We'll see. Uh, I do like, I do like what Ben has been doing thus far. Uh, I think he should, I think that might be the best option for now. Um, the only wild card this Lucas would be the de facto starter right now, but I think a lot of it has to it's not because of his talent, it's the fact that he does take players on. He does draw fouls. Um and he is all out effort from the first from the opening whistle to the final whistle. You you don't really teach that. Or I mean you can teach that, but he does it himself. He's and he's one of the few people that exudes that energy start to finish. So that is one thing you cannot take away from him. Um in terms of pure talent, um I'm a little bias of course, but In theory, Kulishevsky could take over, uh, but definitely not this season. But, uh, you know, with the other issue, though, is Bergvine, he's pretty cold, or he can be cold at times. He'll have that random flash of being hot, depending on when he could, in theory, slot in, but, like, sun, he's also hot and cold. So, I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of what
0: we have right now, I think.
2: Sam, you want to jump in?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I want to put this in. Yeah, I go with obviously Hugo and Goal, um, defense, really Romero, Dyer, Davies, because you know there's not really much better option there. That's kind of like what we're resorting to right now. Like, where's where is the actually the not? It's like who is not the worst option? It's not who's we're. we're that's where we're at. It's like, who's not the worst option. It's We're thinking about, not thinking about who's the best. Um, midfield. Um, I got to go with um, Skip and Benteker. Um, one thing that I've, I know I've mentioned a couple times to several people at the pub is like how, how when Benteker came on, on against Southampton, he was doing something that I haven't really seen a lot of our midfielders do, which was, Find space near the ball and try to get the ball. And then once he gets the ball, he tries to kind of put. He he looks forward, which is something that we kind of need, especially with uh, the players that we have in attack. Um, I'd like to see Bear come to his back to his form. As far as right wing back goes, just put someone out there. Hope they don't mess up too bad. Whether it be Royal or Doherty, I mean, obviously if you're playing Leicester. Doherty seems to have good games against Leicester, so you start him then. Um, left wing back, obviously Regulon. I think we're a better team when he plays. Um, we're there's definitely a different attacking edge when he plays uh, down the down the left hand side, and then up front, Lucas, Son, and Kane, um, just because. Even though, like all those guys have been in and out of form all season, they have um, they have uh, proved proven that they can be relied on, um, if not at the, all at the same time, but at different times for goals.
2: Rick, uh, do you have uh, anybody different
3: that you would put into your uh, with, our, <laughs> with our current pieces? Um, um, the question is, who is our best starting eleven? And our best my, starting eleven, yeah. Yeah, and my answer is we don't have one. We just don't. Um, our, our problems are because we because we have to play three at the back, um our right hand side is a big problem. Um because we don't have a, a, a good right wing back and uh, more often than not we're playing lucas at, 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 you know as the right side of the front three who doesn't really defend so so the wing back is left exposed if you have a good wing back then that's okay, but we don't so our our, our, our right hand side is atrocious it, it just doesn't work and and teams know that and may attack may attack down their left our right and and you know uh, I mean, it's just a weakness on their part. Um if we have to play three the black, which I'm very much against, um then uh, we have to play regular uh, on the left hand side as 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 Sam said, he d- he does do a lot of good attacking work and he plays well with Davis. Um central midfield, uh again it's always been the it's been the problem ever since then Bailey left. Um and the other problem we have is we have too many players that play the play the same position. Um, why we signed Bergvine when we had Lucas Mora, I don't know. And now we've we've signed Kureczewski, who plays in exactly the same position. It's, it's, it, so we have three players that play on that right hand side of the three. Um, you know, um, it, it's just it's, we, we just have a a muddled squad. Um, where we don't have good players in every position, we just don't. We have we have multiple players for the same positions, and and some of them are not good. You know, um, you know, if, if we don't play regular, we play Sessignon, which is okay. So that left side is okay, but the right hand side is just terrible. Um, the centre backs, obviously, Romero and and Dyer have to play, um, and the central midfield. Yeah, at the moment it's got to be Bentacor and Skip, um, but we need upgrades. We need upgrades in so in so many positions, and it's just frustrating that we're we're at this point right now. Yeah,
2: I, well, in, in good good shouts there. I, I mean, I think you're completely right, but. Um, but what are we going to do at this point? And it's try and get through the season is really what it comes down to. And I, I, I think, uh, you know, we got to trust what Conte wants to do. I am, I, I do think Kulishevsky offers a little something different, even though it's a similar position. I think he has the capabilities. He's a little bit more of a utility guy. And also he, the fact that he's a left footed player that can play on the right and has like, a. um, he offers something different than a Lucas will offer if he is in that attacking role. Um, I, I see the value in that, but yeah, it wasn't the most needed position. I think it was just uh, getting players that, the that, that Conte wants. Um, and we just got unlucky with that. The positions that we needed the most weren't the ones that we were able to get our hands on in the the winter window, which is a tough window. Um, but Good conversation there, uh, but I think we probably should move this conversation along into this Manchester City match, and let's just spend 10 minutes talking about this one. Uh, But as you guys know, Manchester City is sitting in first place in the league. Um, You know, they have 63 points, 20 wins, 3 draws, 2 losses. Uh, They did uh, win 4-0 against Norwich on Saturday. Uh, They are... uh, on a mostly winning form. Um, we know that they have pretty good goal scores <laughs> with uh, Sterling is their top one now at 10, but you have uh, three other guys with seven. Hey, um, Zeus is actually their top assist. Um, and the last five times we faced them has, hasn't been great. Um, we did win uh, with Nuno opening day this season, uh, which is probably the best time to catch them. Uh but we lost the uh, the two prior engagements, but the League Cup final, um the uh, uh three nil loss in February twenty twenty one, and then uh we did beat them two nil two previous engagements. One was with Bergvine's uh one of his earliest performances with us. Um so um is anybody holding out any hope for this one? I mean, we're on uh, four consecutive Premier League losses now. With the, if we go back to the Chelsea, um, and we cut out the FA Cup uh, victory, which looked good. Anybody feeling good about this uh, with them? Uh, and I will say, as we go to Rick, that they do have to play in the ch- the Champions League against uh, uh, Sporting um, away um, midweek. Uh, so that's the one thing we have going for us, Rick.
3: Um, this is actually, in a funny way, a better game for us than Southampton and Wolves. Now, I'll, exp- I'll explain. Um, with Southampton and Wolves, we had the onus of being at home. Um, we're trying to, uh, have possession and, and trying to, you know, subdue the opposition. Um, with Man City, we know we're not going to have possession. We know that. Um. And we are a much better the, the way we are right now. Is, and it's not something I agree with. But the the way we are right now, we are a much better counter-attacking team. Now we have speed up front, and um, we have speed on the wings if if if, if, if um, Regalon plays. So we know we're not going to have um, possession in midfield. So we know we have to defend well and and defend in numbers, and. We have slightly been a bogey team for Man- for Man City. We beat them probably more often than anybody else, um, and that's because we embrace our inferiority with them. We don't try and match them. We don't try and attack them. We don't try and have possession against them. We know we're not going to have that, so we know we're going to we have to sit back in numbers. And when we do get the odd, you know, bit of possession, try and hit them on the break. So like I say, I actually I'm actually more I'm not confident that we're gonna win, don't get me wrong, but I'm more confident about this game than I was about wolves and about and about Southampton. Basically because um our strengths are their weakness. Um and We don't have a lot of strengths, but the one the one that we do have is the counter attacking, and that is their weakness.
2: Well, and we've got this whole week to 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 train a strategy into the squad of how to handle this uh, team. Like uh, uh, those new guys get a full week with Conte. Meanwhile, uh, City's preparing for um, Portugal to travel to Portugal. And then come back and face us and then they they, they the following Saturday they're gonna have to face uh, Everton. Um but um but we have that rest and the time to train. Is that is that gonna be enough of a benefit, Sam?
0: Um I kinda hope it is. I mean, you know, I think uh you know, I think you know we have this extra time to get ready. We don't have to worry about anyone in the midweek. Um, that could help us you know better prepare for you know what they may send at us one other thing i'd like to note that they're um on their usual tear, the Premier League right now, like they did last year they're doing this without a natural center forward, which is kind of it's pretty interesting right now they haven't i know they're in the market for one they've been linked of course with harry kane they've been linked with Erling holland uh but but they're, they're scoring goals um, 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 without, you know, a more, you know, a, a, a great finisher. Granted, you know, that could, I think that could work in our favor with this week just because, you know, without someone, Grant, you know, they could find ways to make runs in our box and score goals, but... You know, I I kind of think you know we can figure out a, a, a defensive formation for these guys. I don't think it's going to work out well, but you know it won't. Maybe it won't be as bad as I think it can be. Maybe we can steal points.
2: Yeah, I mean they've got to rotate if they're going to stay keep themselves moving in the Champions League. So maybe that's our benefit. But uh, Tommy, yeah, I mean the fact
1: that they're playing what Sporting Lisbon this. Tomorrow, or it's got to be tomorrow because uh, they're playing Saturday. Um, I mean, that kind of helps, but I'm like, let's be fair. They have, they can play with two squads if they needed to. Um, I mean, Rick pointed out a benefit to us. I just don't see it happening. We're just misfiring terribly. Um, Nothing's connecting. I mean, one of the plus signs of Wolves I noticed that we had some good passes just didn't connect. So I think because of that, like our cohesion is just, it's not there right now. Um, and fair enough, it's justified based off of what we have. Um, you know, because of, you know, in and outs of the squad or change in management, et cetera. It's, I mean, I don't. I can't think of a score right now, but I'm like, I'd be even happy if we scored a goal, even just because Man City is so good. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they played an extreme game of keep away from us and scored. Like, you know, if we lose, you know, two, three, no, or whatever. It, I don't know. It's just what I would gladly settle for a tie right now, but I'm preparing for the worst just because of the current state of the squad and the. And, Anthony, you said the fact that we have three losses in a row in the Premier League. Four. Oh, four. So this is probably going to be the f- fifth in a row.
2: Oh, no, uh, this will be, would be four. I'm sorry. Okay, so this mind.
1: is more than likely going to be the fourth in a row. If we played against Burnley right now, when we will in a week and a half or a little over a week, I'd say maybe because they don't press and – they're struggling for survival right now, so I don't know. It's just, it's just a bad position. I'll, I mean, I'm not. Ex- I'll just to finalize. I'm not expecting much. So it, it, whether we get a goal or we even get a tie, I'll be satisfied. Um, but in ver- but say if we were up one nil, two nil, and we somehow lose the game, I'll probably be disappointed, even though we, you know, we should have. I would have. Been glad with Ty, but whatever. I mean, whatever. Life goes on.
2: Well, and and Tommy, like uh, to to answer your question, if it wasn't for Bergvines heroics, um, uh, it would have been four consecutive right. losses. So, so like that that end of the match heroics is saving us. Now it's three consecutive losses, potentially four with the city. But let's um, let's go
0: to Sam next for predictions. Um. I'm going to go 3-1 city. I really don't feel uh very good going into this game. I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of reflective of my overall state right now. Um with the uh with uh the the two straight uh league losses and the Bengals losing last night. Uh but back to it. Yeah, 3-1. Um I think uh Harry Kane gets a goal on a break. Um and then um City's able to um, squeak uh three goals past us. Um I just think with their midfield they, they could um carve us up and do us in real quickly. Uh Tommy quick?
1: Yeah, no, I, I didn't realize you also wanted me to predictions as well. So um and since I threw out a bunch of stuff other I'll just say three 0 and we lose.
2: Uh Rick, what do you
3: have? Um um, I'm Like I say, I'm a little bit more optimistic about this game. Um, we go into it with absolutely no pressure because everybody expects us to win, um, and we don't handle pressure very well. So since there's no pressure on this game, I think we might get away with a one-one with a hurricane goal.
2: I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm going to be the real optimist here. Like I'm, like I, I think uh, you city is at the point where like uh, the premier league doesn't matter this week as much as the champions league um they have they've, they've got a really good lead on uh uh liverpool in the league um, um they could um not sacrifice this game but i could see them starting with a rotation squad and then maybe trying to bring it back late um so i, I think uh just just cuz we have been that that team for them uh, in recent years i i think maybe this is a two-one spurs victory like and it's uh it's simply because like they start with a rotated squad that's still very good but we get a couple breaks um and um by the time they bring the big guns in at the end of the game there's not enough time for them to save it and uh, and they just write it off it's uh they've got enough points that they don't have to worry about this I think that could be our only, only way to victory. And uh, we really need a victory, which as long shot as, and I don't even believe myself as I hear my voice talking right now, but I'm, I'm going to be hopeful for this one that, that we, that we can pull it out here and a two, one victory, uh, Kane. And we will say, uh, um, gets a goal, maybe off the bench. Um, but I, I think maybe he's uh, the hero for us at, in this one. Um, let's wrap up the conversation in general. Like any final thoughts on the uh, this week? I mean, obviously we we have the potential to have our fourth consecutive loss here. Um, obviously, not a good run of form. We've ha- have some tough competition coming up. But where are you at, Tommy?
1: Uh, yeah. So I. While I do love your optimism, hopefully hopefully that if we can come up with the squeaky win, I'd gladly take it. But uh, since you had Kulishevsky hopefully scoring a game winner, if that does happen, you know me, I'll be the loudest guy at the bar cheering his name. So it, in the uh, odd event that does happen, everybody that's coming to the Atlantic,
3: you have been warned. Okay. Uh, Rick, uh, final thoughts? Uh, Tommy, when are you not the loudest guy at the bar? Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you, you, or or when he comes to the bar. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I think uh, Spurs fans in general need to have a realistic view of this season. Um, you know, people people are talking about top four and Europe and all of that. You've got to remember, this is we we got a brand new manager. We we've just rotated out a, a load of players. We bought in two brand new ones. Um, you know, we're in we're in a, a massive rotation season right now. So, uh, you know, you got you got to you got to you know re- realistically view your expectations. What we want to see is um, individual players starting to play better. That's why I want to see. Um, um, you know, I, I want to see some progression. You know, I want to see Winks play better. I want to see Holbrook play better. I want to see Sanchez play better. You know, all the players, even Royal, I want to see play better. You know, I just, I, I just want to see some players, uh, our players actually want to play for us and want to be part of his team next season. Because I think right now, a lot of them are not going to be. So we, we just need to, you know, have, have realistic expectations. Yeah,
2: re- re- realism is good. Sam final thoughts.
0: Yeah, kind of building off what Rick said, you know, you know, you want to see these guys uh, get better. They you want to see them play for their place next season, you know, kind of lock that down. Um in the meantime, you know, if we do well, great. Right? You know, if we don't, you know, just understand that, you know, we are in transition. In the meantime, if you do get the chance to watch a game, all I could say is uh watch it with some people you enjoy being around because you know what no matter how bad the result or how good the result no matter what it's going to always make it better
2: yeah and 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 come out out to the atlantic for that i mean like uh one of my one of the best things about a bad loss for me is hanging hanging out with you you guys and and everybody else at the pub and just uh commiserating together afterwards and shooting the shit and getting over it with a few pints and just having that day out which is 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 really the best thing about having our own exclusive pub for the uh, Chicago Spurs so uh, definitely come out if you're in the area if you're traveling through the US definitely Stop in Chicago because it's a great experience, a great city too. But uh, come out on out to our pub and watch a match with us. I think you'll have a good time.
3: Yeah, Um, and the the weather will be improving pretty
2: soon. Yeah, yeah, we're getting past winter. Um, But that about wraps up the conversation. So thank you so much to Tommy, Sam, and Rick for being on today. Uh, Thanks to uh, Tommy for editing and sound today, Charlie for the music, uh, Sam for social media, uh, Kimberly for the logo. Uh, And as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill for having a place to record. We are going to be recording there a few weeks from now. Uh, uh, Stay tuned for more information on that. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Find us now on both Spotify and Stitcher. Uh, Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Four Star Spurs and our website at fourstarspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.